Well, hello, everybody. Whew, I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins. And you're watching the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Oh, real gay. All Hopefully. right. Okay, y'all. Question number one. Can you hear me? Obviously, we're in a crisis. Can you hear Emerson, everybody? Uh, that's bad. Okay. Someone... Can, can, can y'all tell us if you can hear us before we do the show or are we going to have to reschedule it? Because here's the deal. Emerson's uh, electricity went out like 30 minutes ago. And of course, we thought uh, it would come back on. So I've got him on FaceTime and uh, he, he has no Wi-Fi. Yeah, you got to let me talk. So see if the people can hear me. Okay, so here's a hey, test. Go. Hey, y'all. I need to know if you can hear me. Hi, does it look cute? Can you see? Should we try to do this? They they said they're, they're saying they can hear us both. So let's. Okay, great. It's it's a, let's do a show. Hey, Emerson Collins, how are you? <laughs> oh, Lord, I mean, y'all. Now it's it's fine. It's great. Just so y'all know, I can't see Dell. I can't see the screen. I can't see the comments. It's such an exercise in. And, now, and letting down. So, okay, so I, 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 I always depend on Emerson for this show. And obviously I, I had to sign on, I had to use a password. Oh, I'm so stressed out y'all. So anyway, Emerson, let's talk a little bit. Well, um, yes, first and foremost, y'all, it's National Voter Registration Day. Now I can't imagine that anybody watching this show is not registered to vote, but Check in on all those people you know who say things like, I just don't like to get into politics, or it's so divisive, or that you've just never seen them post anything. Those are the people to check with today to make sure they are registered. All right, so I just uh, I, I just wanna make sure that y'all are hearing Emerson. Is everybody hearing Emerson? Um, yeah, okay. So uh, here we go, Emerson. Uh, did you see the Emmys? Hi. Yes, yes. Uh, full disclosure, I didn't watch the Emmys. I just read the notes and watched the speeches I cared about at the end. I just did not have three hours to give to uh, a panic-inducing Zoom gathering. What did you think? Um, I thought that it was. It started out kind of wonderful <laughs> because you know I'm such a, a Shit's Creek uh, fanatic, and I loved every moment and every win that they had. It was just like, we, we've been waiting for this, right guys, everybody? I mean, who else loves Schitt's Creek? And then of course my favorite drama was Succession last year. So I I was in heaven and I watched it with Ann Walker and we drank vodka, so it was just all good. Oh, that seems perfect. I know, I will say, you know, the slow burn of people discovering Schitt's Creek. We talked about Blake and I went to like the season three premiere at the Arclight where they streamed two episodes and we were, you know, like nobody really knew about it. And so to watch it get all the way to this point, then winning the first seven awards of the night and Dan Levy winning one acting, directing and writing. It's just such so thrilling. And producing. He won four. And, and producing. So he, he ended up winning four, I believe. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know who was on the on the on the list for the producing. So anyway, so I love the Emmys and um, and 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 I got a lot more to say about the Emmy. 
Go. I can't see you. The um and because well because you talk about succession, but my favorite show of the entire year last year was Watch Me. So to see Regina King and Yaya both win for that and the series win to me it was the most entertaining and also like social commentary combination in a compelling show. That was the other like huge excitement for me. Um, and of course, along with Drag Race winning six Emmys total, the fifth straight for Rue as host. She's starting to be like Alice and Janney, like, okay, we get it. She's great. Maybe yeah. somebody else gets the turn. Yes, absolutely. I mean, but, but, but it is, it's always exciting to see the shows that you love. And there were a lot of shows though that I, you know, I don't watch Ozark and I have not seen Watchmen yet. I, I need to see it. I started it and it was very dark and I was in a kind of a dark period. So I thought, I'll wait. I know it's brilliant, but I will wait. So now I guess oh. I should watch it. Yeah, I know. I watched Ozark in the pandemic as well. And it is so dark, but like literally dark. It's so Blake dark that Blake was like, I can't watch this. I can't see what's happening. But Julia Garner that won from Ozark is also the actress Madonna has said wants, wants her to play her in the movie she's writing about herself right now. Well, I can see that. I can see that she would be right for that. Um, I, I yeah. kind of fell in love with her when I saw her in Grandma with Lily Tomlin. That's where I love Well, and I loved her from The Americans when she played this like teenage girl. Um, yeah, it's great. And the other big one I loved, I loved that Uzo Aduba won for Mrs. America. All of the women in that cast were just exquisite, but she was uh, particularly special playing Shirley Chisholm. So, yeah, it was a night where, like, the winners thrilled me personally. So that was great. Well, yay. All right. And and I know that you and I have been talking about Ratchet. We're, I know you finished already, right? Yes, I watched all eight episodes this weekend. Y'all get into it. It is it's just exquisite from everyone at every level. And Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Paulson have some scenes that are like my favorite scenes between two women in quite some time. Yeah. I'll get into it so we can talk about it further without spoilers. No, we can't spoil, but it is it is truly brilliant work across the board from production design to costuming to direction. And that score is haunting. So I'm really loving it. I think I'm on uh, episode six. I'll start six tonight. Yeah. All right, well, y'all, you know what we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. So we're going to get on to some of these stories. Make sure you share the broadcast, tell your friends, say hi, say hello. At least Dale can read the comments and I can see him when I watch him back later. I know, but now I've got this, I have this whole issue. I've got the, the FaceTime here. I've got my script in front of me that's over the comments, but I will do my best. I am going to do my best. So y'all put up with me. Um, yeah, don't, don't try to read the comments. That'll, that'll just, you know, it's one, that's a bridge too far. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Well, uh, we, we have some news on uh, last week, by the way, I just wanted to, I, I, I got some, some really sweet uh, emails from so many people uh, and messages about our show during the death of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And uh, I thank you, Emerson, for like carrying the show. I was so emotionally distraught. It just hit me so hard during the show. So I really appreciate all of you who, who stuck, stayed with us. And someone said it was like hearing bad news with a lot of good friends. And I really love that. So um, her granddaughter said shortly before her death, she said, my, 
that Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg said, my most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. Well, yesterday morning, uh, Donald Trump called into Fox and Friends to basically call the granddaughter a liar, claiming the declaration was a hoax by Democrats dreamed up by his political enemies. He said, I don't know that she said that or that was written by Adam Schiff or Schumer and Pelosi. I would be more inclined to second that, okay? Uh, that sounds like a Schumer deal or maybe a Pelosi or shifty shift. So that came out of the wind. I mean, maybe she did and maybe she didn't. So as we know, McConnell has pledged to vote Trump's Supreme Court nominee this year. A rumor front runner we didn't discuss is Amy uh, Conan Barrett. And it does seem like she is absolutely the front runner right now. Uh, an appellate court judge, anti-abortion, Catholic mother of seven, seven, who once said a legal career is but a means to an end and that end is building the kingdom of God. So, um, right. yeah. So anyway, and today we had Mick, Mitt Romney and uh, Cory Gardner both said that they would be voting for this. So our, our only hope is there are, um, there are about seven Republican senators who are over 80. That's our hope. <laughs> it is, you know, it's watching people talk about it. It's like, look, they're going to do what they want to do. Mitch McConnell is always focused on the courts, always focused on the judges. And we, in the, the situation were reversed, we would absolutely ram it through. So to pretend like they're not going to push it through and make all these Republicans who don't like Trump remember they're Republicans first, like it's going to happen. And we're going to have to do what we can do to flip the Senate and focus on the things we can accomplish after the election. Yeah, that it, that's absolutely right. And you're right, Emerson. I mean, you know, we, we've been yelling and yes, they are hypocrites. They are very big hypocrites because this was they they held it up for nine months with in 2016. They didn't allow Obama to to uh, pick uh, the uh, the justice. But but, you know, we would we would be doing the same thing. I really you're, you're absolutely right. So we can't we can't pretend otherwise. Uh. And so, you know, we're focusing on the things we can do stuff about. And our candidate on Sunday, Joe Biden tweeted, we talked a lot about Poland and the LGBT free zone uh, they have there. He tweeted, let me be clear, LGBTQ rights are human rights and LGBT free zones have no place in the European Union or anywhere in the free world. He also used the nine year anniversary of the don't ask, don't tell repeal to pledge once again to end the trans military ban. In a statement describing that moment nine years ago, when Barack Obama ended the policy, he said that as vice president of the time, it was a move he was proud of. He said, generations of Americans, many of them LGBT plus, have shed blood around the world in defense of our freedom to protect US vital interests. But instead of honoring them, President Trump denigrates their sacrifice, calling our fallen service members losers and suckers. So just a great reminder, that one of what we can do today is make sure we're registered to vote, have a voting plan, make sure our friends are registered to vote, make sure they have a voting plan and ensure that Biden is elected and we flip the Senate and we can enact an agenda uh, that is progressive and protects marginalized people uh, and does the things we want our government to do for us. So, yes. And in what seemed like, you know, support of Gaslight Grinnell and his fellow log cabiners, Donald Trump tweeted, just the word great in a response to a tweet in Newsweek article about a poll on a hookup app, Hornet, 
that said that 45% of queer men are going to vote for him. The article said a recent survey by Hornet of 1,200 queer men in the United States found that 45% plan on voting for Donald Trump versus 51% who said they would vote, vote for Joe Biden. The poll actually asked 10,000 of its users worldwide about their preferred presidential candidate, but while 66% of worldwide users supported Biden and 34% supported Trump, the percentages among US men were much closer. Uh, I mean, this is a Hornet poll, let's, let's, not, let's be clear. Of the 1,200 men yeah. living in the United States, 49% said that they uh, do not support uh, Trump at all, and 11% said they disagree with him on most issues, only 27% of US-based respondents said they either mostly or successfully support Trump. Hornet, one more time, Hornet users in every country supported Biden over Trump, except for Taiwan, where 47% supported Biden and 51% supported Trump, and Russia, where 38% supported Biden and 58% supported Trump. Hornet, Hornet did not release any demographic information. I really, you know, when you say I don't believe in polls, I'm a, I'm a little suspicious of the Hornet poll. I have a theory about why this could be true. Why? Because so many conservatives on that app, nobody wants to hook up with him, so they disproportionately had free time to fill out this poll. Well, I, well, there's one theory, and I have another theory, Emerson. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, Republican uh, married uh, men uh, closeted on Hornet. Uh, that, oh. that, that, think about it. Think about it. You know, I mean, who knows? Lindsey Graham may be on Hornet. We don't know. I just you pulled. I just so pulled the name out. What's that? So maybe this whole. So maybe this poll benefited from the bathroom toe tapper segment is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. The bathroom toe tappers. Uh, I, yes. Uh -huh. You know, Larry Craig and whatnot. The wide stance crew uh, on the act with free time. Well, I mean, it's also once again representative too of, of men who have sex with men sort of reveling in their own privilege and being more willing uh, to consider a conservative philosophy because they don't care about marginalized people. There you so go. that's why we hold ourselves and each other accountable. Um, can you see, I just keep playing with my hair because I, I couldn't use my hair dryer. The power went out while I was standing in the shower. Oh my God, it is just getting worse. But here's, a, you know what, Emerson? We have proven the show must go on. The show must go that's on. Right. We figured it out. And other fun news, Old Town Road singer Lil Nas X, who came out last year, uh, has partnered with fashion designer Kristen Cowan for his spring 2021 collection. And they just released images from it. They just did uh, their runway at New York Fashion Week. And what's really exciting about this collaboration between the two is that all the proceeds will go to benefit Atlanta's black queer youth through a new fund set up with the Loveland Foundation. It's a nonprofit launched in 2018 by Rachel Cargill. And they usually provide support and therapy aid for black girls and women, but they're making a special fund for black queer youth. Lil Nas mm. said about it, the trans community, especially the black trans community, is one of the most looked down upon groups in the entire world and the least cared for. And Cohen, the designer, Cowan, excuse me, the designer added, 
there's been so many attacks on the trans community even within the past few months, and it's not publicized enough in the U.S. So the mission may be serious, but the clothes are glitzy, fashion escapism, inspired by the punk and queer movement of the 1970s. So they debuted the full collection virtually at New York Fashion Week. And if you want to find out more about the Loveland Foundation, it's the lovelandfoundation.org. I love that. I love that he exploded into the world and he's using his platform, you know, and he's, oh my God. My power just came back on. Okay, how are we going to do this so we can continue the right way? You just, you just take, you just take a deep breath. <gasps> the internet's got to spin, spin back up. Shall you I do the next story the next while you figure it out? Yes. Okay. You well, do the next story. All right. Well, Ellen has returned, y'all, and after all of the accusations this summer about harassment and racism. At the Ellen Show, Ellen's treatment of staffers and the general environment led to an investigation that saw the firing of three of her top executives. The Ellen Show returned this week, and the first seven minutes of the show were a monologue about all of it. And if you didn't see it, it's on YouTube, and you can just go and Google, I mean, you know, just search there. I watched it this morning. Here's what she said. She said, as you may have heard, this summer there were allegations of a toxic work environment and in our show, and then there was an investigation. I learned that things happen here that never should have happened. I take that very seriously. And I wanna say, I'm sorry to the people that were affected. I know that I am in a position of privilege and power. And with that comes responsibility. And I take responsibility for what happens at my show. Uh, through the statements in the summer, three executive producers took the blame for the day-to-day -day run of the show. And in July, DeGeneres reportedly apologized in an email to her staffers. In her monologue, she went on to say she had a lot of conversations about the show's future and promised we have made necessary changes and today we are starting a new chapter. She explained that her be kind mantra was a response to the suicide of Tyler Clemente after he was bullied in 2010. She also seemed to blame part of it on her persona, saying being known as the be kind lady is a tricky position to be in. So let me give you some advice out there. If anybody's thinking of changing their title or giving yourself a nickname, do not go with the be kind lady. Uh, don't do it. The truth is I'm just that person you see on TV. I am also a lot of other things. Sometimes I get sad. Sometimes I get mad. I get anxious. I get frustrated. I get impatient. And I'm working on all of that. Uh, I am a work in progress. I am a pretty good actress, but I don't think that I'm that good that I could come out here every uh, day for 17 years and fool you. This is me. And my intention is to always be the best person I can be. And if I have ever let someone down, if I've ever hurt their feelings, I'm sorry for that. And that's ever the case. I've let myself down and I've hurt myself as, as well. What do you think, Emerson? It's interesting. You know, I I think it's great that the show had an investigation, that they got rid of people who were creating a hostile environment. Where I struggle a little bit with that is her, if if I hurt people, if I did things, yes. if I, uh, you know, a lot of the complaints were specifically about her, you know? So there's a little bit of like sidestepping. Uh, of that part of the complaint but i do think it's impressive that she devoted the first seven minutes of her show to it um i think it'll be interesting to see how the people who work with her and under her uh feel that that changes or gets better as we go forward 
Yeah, Does I. That make sense? Like, yes, it makes perfect sense, and and I agree with you. I don't like those apologies myself, and I don't like to offer those apologies to people to say, you know what, if 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 that's the way you feel, I'm sorry that that's the way you feel. I don't like those kind of apologies. I think that they're less than apologies. So, um, but 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 like you, I'm glad she made an effort, and I think that you know she's put on. What's the word I'm looking for? There's just like, you know, it's like, come on, you're, we're looking at you. We see you and the world is seeing you. So. It felt a little bit like enough of an apology that a lot of the people who watched her show who don't spend much time on the internet in the bowels of Twitter or the LGBTQ community will think, oh, I didn't even know something happened, but it sounds like everything's doing a good thing. And then the people, uh, who know a lot and are bothered, it definitely won't be enough for That's sort of where I, where I land on now. So, all right. So are we gonna do the rest of the show like this? Is this the way? As soon as I've got it solved over here, you'll see me pop up at the bottom of the show. Um, the, uh, inner, the, the power's back on, but you know your internet. Oh, the way it has to reboot and all that. Okay, I got you. But we've meet. We've reached the midpoint of our show, y'all. And Dell, if you go to the StreamYard screen and up at the top, you click the little banners button. Uh-huh. That <laughs> banner. Is that, you see it? The banners? Uh-huh, click banners. I don't see banners. Oh, I see banners. At the very right, it says comments and then banner. Yeah. Click banners. Uh-huh. And then Click that first banner for our commercial. You just hit the plus sign and it'll add it to the show. I hope See I it? I did. Okay, y'all, we've reached the midpoint of our show and we are the way we are doing this should show you how much we love doing this and how important it is for us to be here for y'all when we say we will. So if you want to send us a tip and support our efforts, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins and on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. They are both down there and we will sure appreciate it. I don't um, think it, I don't now it's a, I don't think it went into the room. I don't know what I did wrong, Emerson, I'm sorry. See it, where it says, are all the banners listed right there? Yeah, and then it says add, and then it, I said- uh -huh, and you just click on it. I did. And is it scrolling underneath on the show now? I says add banner. No, not an ad banner. Click on the banner that says PayPal, Venmo. So there's three, there's three shown banners. Yeah, I did that. And it's, and it's blue now. It's blue now. Is it scrolling underneath the picture that I can't see? Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. I did it. See that part? Uh-huh, there you go. Oh my God, I was thinking I was putting it in the chat room or something. I am so excited that I did something kind of right. Um, there yeah. you go. All right. All right, well, moving on in our stories while I wait. Now it's a race between my internet coming back and my phone dying. Um, oh no, don't make me do the rest by myself. <laughs> here on our show. Um, but y'all, a little fun, a little fun story. You know, last week was Bisexual Awareness Week. Y'all should see me reading this story, refreshing my web browser continuously, trying to see if the internet's back. 
Uh, Canadian actor Francois Arnaud revealed on Instagram that he's bisexual during Bisexual Visibility Week. And he's best known for the Borgia's Blind Spot in Midnight, Texas. But to our audience in response to the Emmys, you may, you may best know him for the cameo he made on Schitt's Creek. He played David's ex-boyfriend, Sebastian, who came to town to do that photo shoot. Yes. Well, he posted his story saying, last week I was chatting with work friends, and as I brought up a trip I'd taken with an ex-girlfriend, I asked myself for the 10,000th time how to tell such a story without making it seem like that was the whole story of me. I'm sure many bisexual guys feel the same and end up doing as I did, letting other people's assumptions of straightness stand uncorrected. Perhaps oversharing under the guise of privacy makes probably because masculinity is a most fragile currency ready to nosedive at the first sign of vulnerability or difference. And because it's really fucking scary to give up your privilege, without a doubt, because stigmas of indecisiveness, infidelity, deception, and trendiness are still clinging to bisexuality. But here's the thing. Silence has the perverse effect of perpetuating those stereotypes, making bi guys invisible and letting people to doubt we even exist. No wonder it's still a chore to acknowledge bisexuality without getting into lengthy explanations. So yes, labels are frustrating and words imperfect, but I've always considered myself bisexual. Not confused or trying to look edgy, not disloyal, not ashamed, not invisible. He ended by wishing everyone happy five visibility day this Wednesday. And I just love that. We've talked a lot about how bisexuals are a huge portion of our community, but visibility becomes difficult. So yay for Francois. Stepping up and stepping out. All right, and then and we've got some uh, some trans news. Uh, the uh, Covey Trans Kitchen opened during the pandemic in India, and it, it is run entirely by a trans staff. It's becoming so successful they are hoping to open a second location. Uh, Sagitha, president of the Transgender Association of uh, Komator noticed the impact of the pandemic on the area's already struggling trans community to help tackle joblessness uh, in the community. And she opened the 32-seater restaurant. She said, 10 of our members have joined here. The kitchen is run entirely by them, right from preparing the food, to packaging and delivery. Our restaurant is the first in the state that is run entirely by the transgender community and uh, people were hesitant to provide us a space to rent. Some of them told us they weren't sure how we were going to run a restaurant all by ourselves as we had not done this before. But as soon as it opened, the restaurant was a huge hit and a second location will hopefully follow in the next few months. She said public and local media have been very kind to us with their support. We are able to attract more customers. And after six months, if the business continues to provide good profit, we are planning to open a second unit to provide more job opportunities to our community members. So um, I feel like I have lost Emerson Collins. I do not know what to do except maybe uh, read his story. Um, so, uh, Emerson, don't leave me alone. Um, oh, is he back? It says FaceTime ended. I do not know what to do, y'all. Uh, so I'm going to continue on. I'm going to forge on, and I hope Emerson's internet comes on and I can actually see him. Otherwise, you've got the Dell show for a while. Um, and, uh, 
in our Senate spotlight, and I think I've got a banner photo to look for here. Uh, yes, and here we go. Let's see if that, yeah, I did it. Look at me doing tech and reading. Oh, now he's calling me back. Oh, this is so funny, y'all. Uh, how are we doing, Emerson? We're getting there. Sorry. When I went in the other room to relaunch the internet, uh, well, uh, my, my connection to the FaceTime went down. Okay, so here you go. You're, we're at the Senate Spotlight, and I have got yeah. the banner up. Can y'all hear? Can y'all still hear Emerson? Because it's now going through the phone and not my little speaker. So uh, I'm not at the uh, comments. Let me just see if everybody can still hear you. Can y'all still hear Emerson? Did y'all hear that story? Were you able to hear it? Because I can do something. It's just going to take a little bit. Y'all put up with us. Y'all are our friends. So just put up with us. Let me just see if I can make him. The show is free. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah, hang on a second, Emerson. I'm just going to do one thing to get you louder. Um, oh, what I need, I love volume. Um, well, settings. And Bluetooth. Here we go. That should do it. Okay, I think you're back. You want to do a little test for us? Hello, everybody. Oh, yeah, oh, that's better. Trying. That's better. Oh, I feel so good. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. And then in our uh, uh, LGBTQ spotlight uh, this week, and I love this story. It's on Tennessee. Um, it's, it's shared by uh, Brandon Thomas and Tori Harris, who are both running for state house. Uh, Tennessee is only one of five states. This is really interesting to me. I didn't know this, that has never elected an LGBTQ state legislator. So Brandon Thomas is running in District 49 against an incumbent who argued for keeping a Confederate bust in the state house. And if you don't know what that is, it's just like that upper part of a statue, basically. Um, and it's just a big head of a racist. That's right, a racist. A racist was on display, and he, this, this asshole uh, who's running against him wanted to uh, keep it there. Uh, Brandon Thomas wants to model compassion for his son and ensure that the needs of every 
uh, day Tennesseans are no longer placed on the back burner. Brandon has worked in a retail customer service on campaigns and as Tennessee Equality's Project State Preemption and LGBTQ non-discrimination coordinator. His priorities include expanding Medicaid, uh, insinuating, uh, instituting, I'm sorry, a workers' bill of rights and reforming the criminal justice system. And let me see if I can do this banner for him. Uh, cause we're going to, yes, I, I am so proud of your, of this work you are doing. Uh, this is, this is it. Uh, look at me. I do it. I'm so excited. Y'all. I feel like I could just go into uh, some sort of technical work now. Uh, uh, yeah. Now, and also Tori Harris is running against an independent who was ousted. I love this. He was kicked out of the democratic party, uh, because he was voting with the Republicans a little too often. And they said, get out, out. Right. They said, get out. We don't want you. And the Republicans goes, well, we don't want him either. And he goes, okay, I'll be an independent. So he's proud uh, community leader and advocate for all human rights and equal opportunity in Memphis. He relocated there in 2011 for work and stay. Tori has built a career in human resources, doing what he does best listening to and helping people. He lives by the mantra, our prime purpose in this life is to help others. And if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. Love that. His legislative focuses include public education, access to health care, equality, job opportunities, and business development. And uh, look at here. Watch this, y'all. There's the banner, ToriHarris.com. Yes. Go to him. Yeah, you know, as Emerson said last week, and y'all were so sweet. All of you who last, I don't know if it was my emotion or whatever, but we had kind of a record of, of people who tipped us last week, and we thank all of you who did that. Uh, so, but but we are we are advocating when you have a little money, like two dollars, one dollar, give to these these campaigns that are not on this national level because we need to help them as well. Yes. And, and y'all, you know, I've worked really hard in our LGBTQ spotlight to really look, find candidates that are in challenging races where they really need the money and it's close or candidates that represent a new kind of representation for our community. You know, these are both black uh, LGBTQ men in Tennessee where no one from our community has ever been elected. So that's sort of how we're choosing the spotlights. And obviously, if you already have candidates who are supporting, great. Put your money where you want. We just wanted to be able to give a focus. These are the people I'm donating to um, and excitement for our community and winning the frickin' Senate. Unless you're one of those people on Hornet, those 47% people on Hornet, don't, 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 don't give to the Republicans. Don't. No. Get to these people. He Trump's got enough money. He can put some of his pony up some of his. He don't need yours. Um, and speaking of this administration and why we're trying to get them out, uh, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, bless her stupid, stupid heart, is reportedly threatening to pull $18 million in diversity funding from Connecticut schools that refused to withdraw from the state's athletic conference that allows trans student athletes to compete. Now the Office for Civil Rights at the Department of Education is threatening to withhold diversity money. This money has nothing to do with trans athletes. This money is about equal opportunity and school choice for, for ensuring diversity within Connecticut schools. And they wanna withhold this money 
just to be transphobic because this athletic conference is currently being sued by three cisgender students with help from the big old bigoted Alliance Defending Freedom Fund because trans girls are allowed to compete with their gender in that state. The Department of Education under Trump has been supportive of this hate group lawsuit. They want these three school districts to cut ties by August 1st, and they're using these grants that are designed to help fund black and Hispanic students who want to attend schools outside of their neighborhoods as pressure. So this administration loves school choice the rest of the time, but not as much apparently as they hate trans kids. This is really important because it's not about Connecticut. There are 16 other states that have similar policies to Connecticut so the implications for school desegregation funding are big in this lawsuit. And the administration's probably pushing it now because it's likely that the Bostock decision we've talked so much about this year could have an impact on the ultimate decision on these lawsuits. And I think Governor Ned Lamont blasted Betsy DeVos in a news conference yesterday or this afternoon saying, we're going to stand up and fight against discrimination before he added he wished the federal government would just butt out on this subject. But good for you, Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont. Yes. So and think about that for a minute. Did you, get, did you follow that? Yes. They want them to be transphobic and they're withholding funds designed to ensure greater diversity in Connecticut school districts. So they want to be transphobic and a little bit racist all at the same time. All at the same time. And you said you said August the first that they're gonna cut ties August, but it's October, no, October. the first. Yeah, October yeah. the first. Sorry. That's all right, Emerson. We are we are fighting it here with these technical issues, and you're doing a bang up job, I just have to say. Um it's well, you know, we, we look, we work hard to bring y'all the news in whatever way we can. But you know um, what? And but, I can't even check the tip. The, the 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 crazy thing though, Emerson, is like I feel really weird because you're you're sort of in front of me on my phone, but you feel it feels like you're hovering behind my shoulder. So I'm I, it's freaking me out just a little bit. Um, okay, I'm just everywhere. You're I'm the devil on your shoulder. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Tucker Carlson, who I like to call Tucker Asshole Carlson, had a gay Republican Correct. guest on his show last week to talk about the Hornet poll that we have been talking about and that 45% of gay men support Trump. Trump And Eddie Scary, which I love it that his name is Scary because he's a little scary, a conservative Washington Examiner uh, pundit who uh, that said uh, he was with the Washington Blade, he called a, a gay protege of conservative media queen Ann Coulter. Uh, a gay protege of, so he's a, he's a gay protege of Ann Coulter, which absolutely makes no sense. I just don't understand at all uh, any of this. But it, so it's likely he shocked uh, the Fox News audience when he said, I want to say that this is a little bit of news or uh, for maybe uh, your viewers, if not for you, Capitol Hill, meaning the staff of Capitol on Capitol Hill, not the representatives, not the senators, not but the staff. The staff is actually gayer on the Republican side than it is on the Democratic side. The Republican side, they are very discreet about the fact that they're Republicans. So you have these Republicans who are finally coming out and saying, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of seeing what's going on around the country. And you know what, Trump is the one who at least says, we've had enough of this too. So that's what they're looking at. So you can look at the whole uh, entire clip because uh, it, it's, it's great. Just find it on YouTube. Carlson looks 
completely and utter stunned or confused. I don't know, but he, he he's like, what? But yes, so. That's I found it entertaining because I all viewers had to be shocked, just absolutely shocked to learn that there's a bunch of big old gay Republican staffers supporting their favorite bigots. I feel like they probably did not know what to do with that information. I, I agree with you. So uh, Tucker was like, no, no, stop, stop. He was just, he was. Back to that thing we, go ahead. I know. I was just saying his face was just like crazy stunned. It was just like, what? It's like. Well, also, because, you know, Tucker Carlson's in that Sean Hannity club where they're just saying whatever they need to say for ratings. I'm sure they have gay friends. Oh, I think Emerson froze uh, on us. Okay, you're back. Oh, you're, good. You're stuttering I, I, a little I, bit. Well, I can't make the inter I can't make the the phones work better. So the the Wi-Fi is just the, reporting the Wi-Fi. We're doing the best we can, guys. It's just you know we we we're, we're spoiled. This shows that we're spoiled. We have all these privileges, the the internet and everything. And when it goes out, it, okay, now he's got a poor connection. Okay, so I am going. Don't worry. Uh, you're free. I know. I'm it. fine. I'm fine. You want to talk about sperm? I do. You know, I found this a couple of weeks ago, and I've been saving it for the right moment, and this reveals like it is. Y'all, did you know that we did not understand sperm correctly for like 300 years? Because I don't know how many of y'all, I learned a poem about this in the elementary school. In 1677, a Dutch scientist named Anton von Leeuwenhoek peered into a microscope and observed for the first time in recorded history the side-to-side -side swimming of tiny sperm cells. Now, I did not think then, but I do now. You think, I mean, obviously, he must have just ejaculated himself on a little piece of glass to get it under there, right? It had to be Antoine's own sperm. You, what do you think, Dale? I, it must have been. It must have been his, or, you know, or, or maybe he was, he was a homosexual and he had someone there, and he said, let me have some of your sperm. Or maybe he just said it's for scientific purposes and he enjoyed it too much. Uh, but he wrote at the time, right, that sperm looks like an eel swimming in water, a back and forth motion. Got these tiny cells for worms, maybe even parasites. That took several hundred years for us to understand reproduction. But it turns out, literally just this year, we learned that that's not how sperm move at all. They do not move in a back and forth motion. A team of scientists just reported this year in Science Advances with the help of a 3D microscope and high speed photography, this sperm actually move in a lopsided swimming motion. Their tail only goes one direction. It only goes like to the left. But they swim in a corkscrew motion at the same time, and that's how they move forward, like playful otters. <coughs> He said playful otters as he's frozen there with his two hands up in the air with our poor connection. He has no internet, y'all. If you're just joining us, we are suffering crazy technical difficulties. There he is. He's back. It's it's just a... Uh, uh, if y'all are just joining us, it's, it's too late. Give up. <laughs> Give anyway, up. Go so find... We have misunderstood... Just go to Pornhub. If you just now started joining us, just go to Pornhub. It's it's the same thing. It's that stuttering that happens. It's so frustrating. Yeah, just, just, 
you know, I'm over here buffering, but I am not getting buffer, which is disappointing. So anyway, I thought it was highly entertaining that we did not understand sperm this whole time. And think about how much experience we have with it. I know, I know. It reminded me of I don't know why, but when I read that story and they talked about how they it, they sort of swim sideways, it reminded me of my dog Gracie, how she walks. She we always say she's a sidewinder. Yeah. She walks sideways. Sideways. It's so weird. Yeah. So all right, well, Popeyes and Chick Fil A are at it again uh, with that goddamn sandwich. Uh, they're, uh, they have this long-standing feud, which I think is hysterical, over the chicken sandwich. And Popeyes regularly trolls Chick-fil-A on Twitter. And the fact that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays is a regular target with Popeyes arguing that it's bad for customers who get hungry seven days a week, Over the, which is valid. It is valid. Over the weekend, the chain tweeted a simple jab at Chick-fil-A to bring the overly, overtly religious policy back to customers' attention. Popeyes tweeted this weekend, it's the closed on Sunday for me. Back in 2019, Popeyes launched a new chicken sandwich that was deemed tastier than Chick-fil-A's and it has no bigotry um, in it as well I, the, with their iconic menu and kicking off the chicken sandwich wars, the hashtag chicken sandwich wars. When Chick-fil-A tweeted a rallying cry for their sandwich, Popeyes quick-witted, reply took the internet by storm offering um uh provide popeye's offering uh proved so popular that the gorilla twitter campaign the chain ran out and had to spend months restocking supplies restocking supplies to keep them on the menu so at one point chick-fil-a's location marquee announced we don't run out of chicken sandwiches and then popeye shot back fyi people need to eat on sundays so little little war with uh you know chick-fil-a and i go ahead i love that so much this makes me laugh lord i love popeyes and chick-fil-a like fighting like they're y'all this i know this is as frustrating for you as us with emerson's poor connection and us he, he he's he, is he back you oh, were, I'm back. You were gone for a while, Emerson. Sorry. It happens. I don't know why you're apologizing like you worked for MCI or AT&T and did it. I know. Also, um, Emerson, you have this banner to donate to 20 candidates. No, we're not going to do that. Oh, we're not? Okay. In the store. Okay. Uh, so that's our show, Emerson. I know it was a struggle to get through, and now you're frozen again. But that is the Dylan Emerson show on this uh, Tuesday. On Friday, we will be back with more LGBTQ news. Wait, oh, I'm here. Um, is that tip banner still up? Yes, it is. It is absolutely, if you're enjoying, yes. Y'all, I mean, if you can't say we don't put in the effort. So if you enjoy our... He's saying, if you enjoy our show, please send us a tip via Venmo at Emerson Collins or PayPal at BeardCollinsShoresProductions at gmail.com. I think we're going to end this. I'd like hey. to say, yes, Emerson. Well, before I get cut out, look at us. 
we got through the whole show, all the stories, and still have three minutes to spare before that Zoom thing you got to do. I know. I have to go do a Zoom thing. I do want to say one thing. Go to my Facebook, y'all. Uh, once again, uh, Team Sorted Lives is walking for Desert AIDS. And please join our team or donate to one of our members. And uh, we will have more about that on Friday. But Team Sorted Lives is back for Desert AIDS. And if you can support that, that would be also great. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and thanks for putting up with our technical yeah. issues. But you, we had a good time doing this, as we always do. And uh, we love you guys. Thank you all so much. We'll see you on Friday the right way. Yes. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>